0: What up, world? To pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond, you're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and be sure to tell them Locked On sent ya. In today's show, we're going to talk about the red, hot, and rolling Portland Trailblazers. A hat tip to the legendary Bill Shawnley for that one. I want to start, you know, zoomed out talking about the way they've played since Your boy, since this very podcast host said their season was pretty much over and you could put a bow on it. I want to talk about basically from the moment I press publish on that podcast, how well the Blazers have played. Uh, We'll start zoomed out and then we'll zoom a little bit in, talk about the Blazers' big wins this weekend on Friday against the Los Angeles Lakers in, in the biggest game of the season. And then followed up by Saturday's really impressive win over the San Antonio Spurs. We'll close the show talking about what's next, looking ahead to the final week in the NBA's regular season, also final week in the Blazers' regular season. Uh, their push for fifth place, catching the Dallas Mavericks, whether they can hold off the Lakers. Uh, obviously, Friday's win went a long way to putting them there. We'll talk about what's next for the Blazers this week. We'll look ahead of the schedules for Dallas and the Lakers and just kind of figure out where the Blazers are going to end up when we record this show next week, Sunday, when the regular season ends, a week from today as I'm recording this. But let's let's start in the present. Um, The Blazers are just balling. They lost to the Memphis Grizzlies at home in a game where they did not play well, and they looked flat early and tried to win it all in the last eight minutes. And I sat here on this very podcast, and I said, listen, put a bow on it. It doesn't matter. The only thing that they could do to kind of save themselves at this point, because you know how this is going to end, is to rip off a bunch of wins. And what they do... (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, they ripped off a bunch of wins. They did exactly that. They followed that by getting hot, winning the first four games of a a six-game road trip, five and one to wrap up a really impressive road trip, and then they come back with two more wins over L.A. and San Antonio. During this stretch, during this stretch, the according to CleaningTheGlass.com, the Blazers have the number one offense in the NBA and the number six defense in the league. And sure, some of these teams haven't been very good. Indiana's not very Indiana was not very good. Uh, the Cleveland's obviously not a very good team. San Antonio is a below 500 team, likely to miss or right be on the edge of the play-in tournament. Tenth you know, place really changes how you think about teams. Like, oh, they're in the postseason or they get to play a post-regular season game, but uh, clean the glass also does a sort of a, a differential, which is the Blazers differential versus the spread. So it's their, whether, you know, it's, it, it kind of takes into fact, like how, how heavily they were favored in game and how, how well they beat the spread during that stretch. They're plus 11.8 during the spread, just against the spread, rather plus 11.8. Like they've not only been beating teams, they've been handling them, taking care of business in those spot spots. They're just raw differential over that is, is, over 18 points per game on, on average. Like they're just, they're just beating up on teams. And I, you know, I did I didn't see this coming. Like, I'm not going to say I saw it coming, but there was a, there was a bit of me with this sort of optimism that was like, you know, even when they were losing those games, it was like, you know, Nurk's playing really well, but they haven't, they, you know, they haven't really figured it out. And the starting lineup with N- Norm makes all this sense, but they haven't really, you know, it's not translating to wins. And that was kind of sort of the impetus of my frustration and my, and my kind of calling my shot in that moment it was just like, this is their chance to do it and they you know, they dropped the ball in a couple close games, then came out flat in another one, and then they just then they have they have just been on a roll since then. They've just been they've just been rolling uh over his last twelve games, uh, since since the Blazers had that a pretty brutal loss in Charlotte, a loss that kind of made them look like it, it. It started sort of the momentum of like, oh, maybe this season's getting away from them. They lose in Charlotte, you know, forty-two points in the first quarter against the Hornets team missing four of their best eight players. Like this is just a, a troubling, bad loss. No way to no way to paint it any other way. But since that moment. Over his last 12 games, of Nurkic is just averaging 14.5 points, 11.5 rebounds, 3.6 assists, and a block, shooting 54.2% from the floor. This is as good as Nurk has ever been. Um, for my money, he's playing better than he played in the bubble because he's been a better defensive player. Like I, I've said it a bunch on this in this space, and I'll say it again here. Like he's so he is the most crucial part of what they do. It's going to be: is does is Dame one of the top five players in the league and is Nurk healthy and playing well? Like that is what's going to determine the Blazers' success. Can their best player play like the one of the best players in the world? which he is more on that in just one moment. And Nurk, their defensive anchor, um, Dame's pick-and-roll partner, can he be a high-level and focused contributor on both ends of the floor? And his defense has been really good. His effort level has been really good. He's cut down on some sort of the stupid stuff. Like, he hasn't just kind of like... Um, and maybe not stupid, but kind of just like the moments where he's he's obviously not locked in and and just uh, being a little bit careless or he's not taking his time and being patient and being big and like you know he's two hundred ninety some pounds like he's he just if if he acts like that he's a real load down there and when he does you see it and he's excellent and I'm not talking about just on offense and finishing around the rim and all that I'm talking about being big on defense not getting bullied being using that size like he's been. Nurk has just been fantastic and his his, abil- his ability to be an impact player on both ends of the floor and a consistent high-level impact player on both ends of the floor just, ma- just takes this team to a whole nother level. And he's been fantastic. Like I said, even when they were losing, Nurk was playing really well and then now it's translating to wins and you just... This is the best basketball he's probably played in his career for my money and... Uh, it's resulting in the Blazers looking like a really good team. Like I said, first in offense, sixth in defense over their last, uh, over their last eight. Like this is, uh, and that's against good teams and when they need to do it, like this is, you know, if, if you look at sort of the larger chunk, like just like since Nurk and Norman have opened on the court, this is, you know, they're still an elite offense. I I've been saying all years since the preseason, I thought this team would challenge for being the best offensive team in the league. They weren't that they were a very good offense, but now they've raised that level to elite, 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 you know, best offense in the NBA. And, uh, over that stretch with Nurk and Norm, since they've both been healthy, since Norm was traded here and Nurk's been back, they're, they're 16th in defense. This is kind of what I thought they would be all season long at the beginning of the year, right? Is an elite offensive team and kind of like a league average, slightly below average defense. And I thought that might push them to these heights. Like, you know, then then if, you, if you're that, you're, you're somewhere in the top 10 in net rating. If you're somewhere t- in top 10 in net rating, you're going to be a really good basketball team. They didn't get there early, and you know, obviously Norm wasn't on the team. And he's he's uh, sorry to the Gary Trent fans, but he's a big upgrade at that spot. Like he's, um, and the, I guess the Derrick Jones fans too. Like Norm is a big upgrade at that spot. Um, the the drop off on defense isn't that much, and the and the upgrade on offense is even um, is really really noticeable. Um, he's just uh, that 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 duo has kind of raised the Blazers to the ceiling. I thought they would be at all year long, which is this you know elite offense and and. Um, and pretty, you know, league average defense. And that's that's kind of where I thought they would be. Now they've landed there, and, and what do they look like? They look like one of the good teams, right? Like, it took them 60 games to get there, but, um, oh, you know, since that sort of 60-game mark, they've kind of figured it out. You know who else has figured it out? The man who knew how to do it all along. It's Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr. Uh, he, one of the reasons why I was kind of burying the Blazers and saying this thing's done is because Dame looked hurt, and he looked bad. He was playing poorly. He had come back from that injury. Um, You know, he took some time off. Blazers lost a couple games. He comes back from that injury, and the... And he just still didn't look there. He didn't look all the way there. And he said, you know, I got to be better in a post-game interview. And it's just like, but can you, are you physically capable of being better? And the answer is a resounding yes, he is. Over these, during this eight game stretch, since the loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, when I, when me, your boy, Mike G. Rich, uh, said that this season was pretty much done. Damien Lord said, you are pretty much an idiot and has been averaging 29.6 points and 8.1 assists on an absurd 52% shooting, 48.7% shooting on 10 attempts a game. He's making half of his 10 attempts. He's just been bonkers. That's 96.4% from the line. So he's averaging 30 and eight on 50, 40, 90 shooting and almost 50, 50, 90 shooting. This is the level. Like, I don't know if this is like sustainable. Like if 50, 50, 90 is pretty bonkers, but like, Dame was capable of being better. Uh, some of it was just he was missing outside shots. He just it seemed like he couldn't get the lift and couldn't get couldn't get the space. He has figured it out and is in a shooting rhythm. Then he was struggling to finish around the rim. He has cleaned those both up to be back towards his season average. He was really dipping in that uh, in a brief stretch, sort of uh, post All Star break. And I, I highlighted those on on a podcast earlier, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run through them now for you. But he's he's finishing better around the rim. All of a sudden he's making threes. Like I said, 48.7 percent on 10 attempts. a game over his last eight games like this is this is dame at his peak and this is who this is sort of what you when you envision the best version of the blazers a space they've occupied now for about two consecutive weeks the best version of themselves it's nurk as a consistent defensive anchor uh the complementary parts fitting in and working out we'll talk about them in the second segment and dame at this elite level like you can't the league it's a talent league I, i say it all the time. Like. Players play and players have to play like you can coach all you want. But if Damian Lillard isn't playing like Damian Lillard, it doesn't matter like any, um, you know, it, it really doesn't matter who's on the sidelines calling what at some point. If Dame's going to shoot 32% from outside or, or slightly, you know, 34% from outside, which he was shooting at like below league average, he's he certainly has turned it around and the Blazers fate has turned around with him that, you know, Dame at at his peak, Nurk at his peak, and everyone else kind of falling in line, you see what the Blazers can be. And I think for the last two weeks, we've seen them, you know, it took a lot of patience. So, and we finally got to see what they can be. I want to just take this quick moment though. Um, There are people in your, in your Blazer fan world who are going to say, this shit doesn't matter because they're going to lose in the playoffs. And you know what? Those people are probably right. Most teams lose in the playoffs. Only one team wins the whole damn thing. So instead of the schoolyard, nana nana boo boo, playoffs are the only thing that doesn't matter, garbage analysis of the NBA, I want you to take a moment and appreciate this joy because you might end up frustrated in the postseason. It's realistic and certainly a possibility. We will talk about that in a future episode. But here, what I want, I want to challenge you, dear listener, is to bottle up these last two weeks, hold them close to you and say, this team is good. This team is good. It might not mean they win a playoff series. It might not mean they win several playoff series. It probably won't mean they win a damn championship. But this team is good. The Blazers have built a good team. And if you can... The NBA season is so long. At some point, you have to be able to sit there and say, You know what? I enjoy them playing good basketball. Bottle up these two weeks and hold them close. I'm not saying it's the only thing that matters. I'm not trying to disregard the value of the playoffs and all those things. People are going to lose their jobs over that stuff. <laughs> it's, uh, the results certainly matter, and the results in the biggest games certainly matter. But if you can't appreciate the team at this level, you are doing it wrong. They're playing great. Hold this joy close. Sit with it. Friday night against the Lakers was about as fun a basketball game as the Blazers have played all year, and they followed it up with probably an even more impressive performance on Saturday. That's what I want to talk about in the second segment. But listen, hold this joy close. Don't let people snatch it away looking ahead. Don't let them look too deep on the horizon and steal your joy. Say, live in the moment for a moment and say, this team's playing really damn well, and I am enjoying them playing really damn well. All right, let's come back in the second segment. Talk about the Blazers' wins this weekend over the Lakers of Los Angeles and the San Antonio Spurs. But first, let's talk about Indeed. If you're the hiring expert for your company, what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your shortlist of of quality candidates whose resumes on indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet your must have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your indeed dashboard because indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like indeed instant match which gives you quality candidates whose resumes on indeed fit your job description immediately and indeed skills tests that on average reduces hiring time by 21 27% excuse me you will find the right people faster. You can choose from more than 130 of these skills tests and then add your must-have requirements so you're only paying for the applications that meet them. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com locked. Indeed.com locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So we talked about the Blazers who are balling. Been really good. Nurk's been really good. Dame's been really good. The defense has been really good. Uh, quite frankly, Mello's been really good. Norm's been really good. CJ has had his moments where he looks like CJ McCollum again, and his canter's doing what he does. Uh, the the rotation is short. It's basically Terry has settled into playing eight people. Uh, The starting lineup of Dame, CJ, Norm Rocco, and Yusuf Nurkic, and a bench that includes Carmelo, Anthony, Anthony, Simons, and Ennis Cantor. With a sprinkling in of small ball lineups that include Rondé Hollis-Jefferson when Cantor isn't the guy. And that's it. That's basically it. Those are the dudes that are playing, and that group has played really, really well. And I think Friday's game against the Lakers, and then the follow-up Saturday, second night of a back-to-back against the San Antonio Spurs, kind of illustrate how how good this team can be and has been. The Lakers... Lakers, you know, obviously missing LeBron James, but they were playing with Anthony Davis and he was, that's as good as, I've I've watched a ton of Lakers games over the last month and uh, that's as good as Anthony Davis has looked since he's come back. Like, he finally looked like, one, you know, approaching that top five talent. Like, he just hasn't looked that good and he, you know, he's like, oh yeah, he's reminded you why he can be that, that, that special. Like, I mean, he's... He's maybe the most impactful defensive player in the league when he's locked in. Like he's, he can shoot, he can pass. He's a, he's a handful in the post and what the Blazers do. They just played well enough to beat him. Uh, I liked, uh, the Blazers almost exclusively going to Robert Covington on him. I hated those minutes where they decided to let Carmelo Anthony guard him. God, Lord knows what that was, but, um, (laughs) they won. So it's less, less weird nitpicky stuff from the coach. And, um, And that game was just sort of uh, Dame at his peak, honestly. Uh, This wasn't like this sort of ball movement, share the ball, show the depth of the team type of win. This was Damian Lillard um, really just taking on the challenge and playing as good a basketball as we've seen him play. This was Dame rising to the occasion in in a really legitimately special and fun way. I mean, it wasn't like he had no help. Um, I don't mean to, I don't mean to say that like, you know, CJ was pretty good, but the Blazers didn't get a whole bunch off the bench from anyone. Um, you know, Rocco had a quiet game. Norm was pretty good on, on Friday. Norm was solid. Uh, he didn't shoot that well, but he was like, he was timely and solid and aggressive. And, and, and you like to see that um, kind of same with CJ didn't, didn't shoot great, but, but made, made a, you know, crucial bucket with three minutes left that kind of sealed the game, put the Blazers up 10, but this game was about Dame. He didn't pass much. Uh, unless he absolutely had to, he was going to accept the double team, go at whoever the double team was and, and get himself to the rim, get himself free, uh, Quick relocations when he gave the ball up and had mismatches, deep three-pointers, finished with 38 points and seven dimes, 12 of 18 from the floor. He was phenomenal. Got himself to the foul line nine times two. Like this was Dame at his peak. This wasn't a celebration of the Blazers team and all that stuff. Like they played competitive and good team defense. But on the other end, this was this was what this is kind of what a playoff basketball is about, right? Like it was, it was star player versus star player, and Dame was a little better than AD. Uh, I mean, it helped that Kyle Kuzma missed a kajillion shots, including a potential game-tying one, but uh, this was Dame at his absolute peak. It was, you know, low ball movement, high star power type of win. And you know this was the biggest game of the season. Fans back in the arena. Yusuf Nurkic back in front of fans for the first time in almost eight hundred days. Seven hundred and seventy-four, I believe he tweeted out on his uh, on his Twitter account. So like this was this was a huge game. The Blazers rose to the occasion. Were excellent, and it's it's it'll be crucial for them as they try to uh, try to avoid the play-in round. Like they they now. Own the tiebreaker over the Lakers. And unless the unless Portland really face plants in the final week of the season and really, really stumbles into the playoffs, they're going to they're going to avoid the play-in round because of what they did on Friday night. Huge game, huge implications. And Damian Lillard played like it and delivered. This is what I'm talking about. Hold that joy close. It was really special. But on Saturday, I think the Blazers maybe, you know, not the same team, not the same level of competition. All these things like this was this is a, a different flavor and a different um, certainly a different game. Like the the Lake the the Lakers are way better than the Spurs and the Spurs were even missing some crucial parts or at least one crucial part in Derek White. Like this the Spurs aren't that team, right? They they're they're a below five hundred team, but they're they're competitive and good. They're you know solid at least. But you know what the Blazers did? They beat, they beat the heck out of him. And they beat the heck out of him with a level of balance that really makes you appreciate how good this team can be. In the first half, no one was better on the court than Damian Lillard. He was fantastic. He, uh, you know, the Blazers, they kind of uh, pulled away late in the second quarter to, to take a little, to take a 10-point lead at halftime. But, but it was because of Dame. Dame was that good. Like he was, you know, he just, uh, he was special. He was the best player on the court in that first half. But it's really what happened after that that impresses me about this game. Yusuf Nurkic had 13 of a 17 in the third quarter and was absolutely dominant for a stretch. Then, as Dame sat to, to start the fourth quarter, their Norman Powell had a really nice burst off the bench uh, with some made a couple jump shots, got himself to the paint and got fouled twice on, a, on some aggressive takes. One on a fast break where he did he did the thing that made me love Norm Powell as a Raptor. He said, give me the ball. I'm going to try to score. I do not care how many defenders there are. Busted through four dudes, got to the rim, drew a foul. Uh, you know, this, uh, y'all know I'm a Norm fan and there was a great Norm moment for me. Uh, so you get Dame early. You get Nurk to start the third quarter and kind of blow the game open. Then you get... Uh, Norman Powell having these having these moments where he's he's being the aggressor and he's the blazer's best offensive player for a moment. And then to close the game down, to shut the door, to turn this into a route and allow the blazers to sp- play five minutes of their of their deep bench. CJ McCollum was the best player on the court. Damian Lillard did not have to come back in in the third quarter. This game was like vaguely close. It was only a 15-point lead heading into the fourth. Like that's in the way the league works now. That's certainly shouting distance, certainly striking distance. Um, You know, maybe not for the Spurs because they just don't shoot a ton of threes. But like for for most NBA teams, like 15 is um, is sort of right on the cusp of like, are we going to win or are we going to go home? And the Blazers, thanks to... CJ McCollum just slamming the door shut with an absurd inside-out move uh, to beat Rudy Gay, which a uh, uh, type of highlight I could watch like a kajillion times. And then a crucial top of the key three. And it looked like, who are these MFers and why do they think they can guard me? Which is, you know, when CJ's really feeling himself, he slammed the door shut. Dame didn't have to play. And this was the Blazers sort of an example of, of the Blazers' depth, an example of their of their growth, an example of why they are different than teams in the past. The Blazers have had good teams in the past. Like I I, I think that's undeniable, right? They've been they've been consistently uh, consistently, pretty, pretty decent, right? Can consistently competitive, consistently in the hunt in a, in a crowded Western Conference playoff race. They've, they've been good, but they've never had this level of firepower. One, because CJ McCollum's having the best year of his career. Two, because Yusuf Nurkic is playing the best basketball of his life. And three, because the addition of Norman Powell gives them another shot creator like they have never had. They've had the idea of it, in Anthony Simons. Uh, they've had. Uh, I don't know, a theoretical, even like less than the idea, but the theory of the idea in someone like Shabazz Napier. But like, they've never had Norm, a bona fide guy who can go Get it. And his ability to just go get it um, really changes the dynamic. That's, you know, four dudes who you can run offense through. Uh, Nurk as a pick and roll guy and, and post ups in, in certain situations. And then Dame, CJ, and Norm all sort of taking turns. You always have two of those guys on the floor who can break down defenses on their own. This was that game against the Spurs, which the Blazers ended up winning 124 102, was an example of what the Blazers can be at their peak this is what they can be at, at their absolute peak. Now, they're not going to play teams as bad as the Spurs in the playoffs. They're going to play teams much much better. But it gave you the sense. Dame really good early and then he didn't have to do much because it was Nurk and then it was Norm and then it was CJ and it came in waves and it came from different it came from different spots. It's not a type of thing you can easily key on. It's just you, you saw you you kind of saw what what the Blazers sort of the idea of that they can be. I've talked about this a bunch. The 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 Blazers starting lineup is really really good. In fact, according to nba.com, among lineups that have played at least 250 minutes together, so we're looking at, you know, high usage lineups in the league, the Blazers starting lineup of Dame, CJ Norm, Rocco and Nurk has the 5th best net rating. That's uh, the difference in how many points they give up per 100 possessions versus how many points they score 100 possessions. They outscore opponents by 13.3 points per 100 possessions in their 290 minutes together. Other teams in that tier are the Clippers at their, at their full strength with uh, Pat Bev, Kawhi, Paul George, Nick Batum, and Serge Ibaka. The Philadelphia 76ers with their preferred starting lineup of Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid, and the Utah Jazz, with a funky bench lineup of Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, Georges Nang, Jordan Clarkson, and Rudy Gobert on the court. The other team up in that tier, Dallas, with their with their preferred starting lineup that includes, or with their older starting lineup that includes Maxi Kleber and and Chris Haps Porzingis both healthy, along with Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Luka, and the Lakers with Dennis Schroeder, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, LeBron James, Anthony Davis and Marcus Ole. Like the the good teams, the good teams y'all. Uh Denver at fully healthy has a team that's up in there and and the uh Utah Jazz have two other teams that are among the elite in net two other lineups. I mean, that are among the elite in net rating who have been used super regularly. But what I, what I'm saying is like of the, of the really good lineups, of the really good groupings that exist out there, this this is the Blazers starting lineup just makes sense and is good. Like there's just, there's no way, there's there's no other way to spin it. Like this, this group has really started to figure it out. And I think that game against the Spurs and, and, and really game against the Lakers too, because the, they had to lean on the starters a bunch in that game. Uh, Carmel Anthony only took three shots. Uh, it wasn't a big night from, from, you know, non-starters necessarily. Although Ennis Cantor did his thing because he always does his thing, <laughs> he just he's, just he's just a double double machine. If you put him on the court, he's going to score ten points and get ten rebounds. But th- that game was about that starting group being 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 good enough, right? Like that 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 pairing against the against the you know the Blazers or the Lakers top pairing. That's what that was. And then you saw it when they're playing you know a tier down or a couple steps down in talent. The the balance of that group of of Dame and CJ and uh, Norman Nurk you know, really just blew out the Spurs, just put them away. Uh, Covington, you know, he's had a couple kind of quiet shooting nights has been recent for him, but he just does other stuff like uh, Rocco. The great thing about him is he doesn't have to have these big offensive nights. He can shoot poorly and have a good game. Um, that's it's it. You can just, the Blazers just, they need someone like that as their fifth starter who can, who can have bad shooting nights, but still be very impactful as a defender and a rebounder. And just like a, a decision maker, uh, they, they, the group just makes sense. The group makes sense. And I think the, the wins this weekend over LA and over to San Antonio since the last time I spoke to you in this space really prove how, how good this team is capable of being. But now we got to look ahead. What I want to do in the third segment is talk about the Blazers trying to chase down Dallas in fifth and hold off the Los Angeles Lakers in seventh. We'll talk about what the Blazers have left in their schedule in the final week of the NBA's regular season. And we'll also talk about what Dallas and the Lakers have on their plate as well but first let's talk about bet online it's just the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action whether that be mlb games nba games nhl games ufc and mma action whatever it is uh, you know second and third leg of the triple crown coming up you name it it's available there for you on bet online where they've got uh news sign up bonuses contest information Real-time updated odds, you know, real-time scores that you can follow there, right there on your phone or on your on your computer, wherever you visit their website. So don't don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action. Head on over to that website, betonline.ag, and use the promo code Locked and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On at betonline.ag for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. It's just the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar comes in nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavors make sure you're checking the website to see what's new and what's good. Uh, you know my personal favorites like peanut butter chocolate and salted or peanut butter brownie and salted caramel but they got something for everybody cherry raspberry mint brownie coconut almond if if you're into things that taste great chances are built bar makes something that not only tastes great but hits your play your flavor preferences uh but if you're kind of trying to figure out what your favorite flavor is what you can do is you can get a mix box you get two of each of the nine flavors figure out what you like, and then order more from there. Uh, if the deliciousness doesn't sell you, what if I told you this? Uh, they're all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Every single one of their bars has at least 17 grams of protein and only 4 grams of net carbs. That's that's pretty impressive. A handful of them got even more protein in there, and, and they're all going to be low-sugar and low-calorie, like I said. So uh, order today, get raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. And to do that, you go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your or, your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. We talked about. The Blazers being red hot and rolling. They're balling right now. Nurk's been great. Dame's been great. Talk a little bit about the how good the starting lineup has been and how much it has made sense. And they've got contributions from, from the few guys who are also playing along with that group. Ennis and Ant and Mello have been solid. Ronnie Hells Jefferson in his brief cameo has been uh, while a little bit strange on offense, mostly a positive. But uh, now I want to look ahead. We've looked, we've kind of recapped what they've been like for the last two weeks, and they've been really, really good. But they've needed to be really, really good because they are, ch- they are. Chasing the Mavs and trying to hold off the Lakers. As we stand here today, the Dallas Mavericks—they uh, just—I'm I'm recording this. Let me just give you a little time frame. I'm recording this as Lakers and Suns tips tips off. I've, I've got it on mute right here in front of me, and the Mavs just beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. So. By the time you listen to this, the standings might have changed, but only so much. Uh, the Blazers are currently in seventh place, or excuse me, sixth place, behind the Dallas Mavericks, who have a game lead, a full game lead in fifth. They and and the Mavs, you know, this win over the Cavaliers was was really something. Luka Doncic got uh, ejected <laughs> two minutes into the second half for um, kind of. Trying to punch Colin Sexton and effectively punching him, but accidentally hit him in the groin or maybe hit him in the groin on purpose. Hard to say. Definitely meant to punch him on purpose. Did he mean to punch him in the groin? I'll let you watch the replay. But he got ejected with the Cavs up or the Mavs up 11, and then they just, Dallas just ripped off the rest of the game. Just, just, just ran away from a bad Cleveland team and and rolled without their best player on the court and without Chris Emsworth Zingas on the court. So. Like I mentioned previously in this space, like the, the Mavericks were playing Thursday against the Brooklyn Nets, and that was the big one. If they won that game, it looked like they're going to win out, and it really does look like they're going to win out, even winning a game without, without Luka against a bad team. So what I want to do here to close out the show is just kind of give you a sense of, What's left for Dallas? What's left for the Lakers? As the Blazers are a game back of Dallas, and as I'm recording this, they are a game and a half back of, or ahead of the Lakers, who are in seventh place. Uh, if the Lakers win, right, you know, like I said, game's tipping off right now against Phoenix in Phoenix. Uh, there'll be a game. The Blazers will still have a game lead, plus the tiebreaker over the Lakers, so still in pretty good position. If the Lakers lose, there'll be two full games back of the Blazers, with each team with four left, plus the Blazers have the tiebreaker. If Phoenix wins tonight. That might be all she wrote. The Blazers will be locked into no worse than six. Not like mathematically. That's not how math works. But very, very, very likely the Blazers will not uh, give up three three games to the Lakers with four remaining. So here's what the Blazers have left. Monday, they play the Houston Rockets. Then a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday at Utah at Phoenix. Really um, an interesting one there. Because Utah has a, a, an okay cushion on Phoenix. They're a game and a half up. But they, they'll likely still need to play on Wednesday night to maintain that cushion. So, uh, the you know, you won't catch, like, the top team in the West resting their starters. Um, you know, even the games that they've played recently without Conley and without Donovan Mitchell, they've just been rolling over teams. They're still really, really good. Pretty much uh, Gobert. And as long as Gobert and Ingles and, and Bogdanovich are on the court, that team's really good. Especially with the. Gobert and Bogdanovich, um, and any other pairing has been, or any other grouping around them, they've been really good. So I don't think we'll see the Jazz rest, but there is a chance by that time, uh, by Thursday, when the Blazers play the Suns, that the Suns will be too far away. Maybe they'll be, you know, two two back with two left, um, or or three back. Excuse me, with two left, and they won't need to. Um, they won't need to play that game. So I don't think we'll see Utah rest their starters, but there's a chance Phoenix does. But there's also a pretty good chance that they kind of stay in this position, and both teams play this week out because home court advantage will matter to both of them. So the chances the Blazers play, you know, a bad, a really bad Rockets team, uh 16 and 52 and losers of uh five in a row, the Houston Rockets, just a horrific basketball team. But then so that should be a win on Monday, or at least you it better be a win on Monday, followed by at Utah at Phoenix, and then they close the uh, they closed the season against the nuggets on Sunday uh, by that time I, I I just looking at the standings the nuggets are a game back of the Clippers Um you know, we'll watch the standings and talk about it, but the Nuggets might have nothing to play for on Sunday. They might be locked into fourth, home court advantage, all that stuff. They just need to get healthy. They got um, need, missing Aaron Gordon for the last game to go with the whole slew of people, Dozier and Barton and, uh, and Jamal Murray, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on and on for Denver. So we'll see, but I don't think Denver will have to play. Dallas's schedule, like I said, it was all going to come down to that Brooklyn game, and then they... They just don't have many hard games left in their schedule. The absolute hardest one left is at Memphis on Tuesday. Um, you got to be a big Grizzlies fan Tuesday night. If the Blazers are going to climb into fifth, absolutely, Tuesday night, Dallas, in Memphis against the Grizz. Uh, You know, get your Ja Morant hats, get your Jonas Valanciunas jerseys. I actually don't know what a Ja Morant hat is, but... (laughs) But if you have one, definitely wear one. Uh, Dallas closes up the week Wednesday at home against the Pelicans. Friday home against the Raptors, and then at Minnesota on Sunday. Outside chance Minnesota just plays spoiler. They're a young team with nothing to play for. That's um, kind of like a they're bad, so it's not like sneaky hard. But that's not a that's not a throwaway game. That's not like a playoff game that definitely won't try. That's just a bad team. You never know. Uh, but if it, if if Dallas beats. The Grizzlies on Tuesday, I think you might as well just, I think you could call it, uh, Lakers, like I said, Blazers with the, with the one and a half game cushion. That could be two if the Lakers lose at Phoenix, uh, th- right now, uh, literally in the middle of the first quarter, early first quarter. Uh, then they follow Tuesday against the Knicks, Wednesday against Houston, Saturday at Indiana, who's, who's going to be fighting for that 10th spot in the East and then at New Orleans on Sunday, uh, Lakers don't have any guaranteed. I, I would say the Houston at home is a guaranteed win, but the rest of those are relatively challenging. I would say, um, you know, I'm saying no, I'm saying new Orleans at home against Dallas is an easy win and at new Orleans is harder. Maybe I'm underestimating the value of home court advantage or overestimating the value of home court advantage. But um, I think the Lakers, I think the Blazers are clear of the Lakers just looking at the schedule. Uh, I think it's very, it, you know, if even, even if the, the Lakers find a way to beat Phoenix tonight, I think, um, I think Portland's in a good spot. Um, they're, the problem is that the blazers could have two losses ahead of them this week against Utah and Phoenix uh I think you gotta I think if you split those games you find a way to split those games you beat Houston you beat Denver you're in regardless three and one to close the season I think I think it's it I don't want to say it's a wrap that's what I was about to say but I got in trouble by saying it's a wrap before but I think you go three and one uh Blazers go three and one pretty much any way you slice it in these last four games they're in but uh catching Dallas is going to be tough and I, I think that's that's like the real takeaway here the Blazers are playing their best basketball of the season um their most likely playoff opponent is the Clippers who sort of profile as the second best team in the Western Conference uh it's that that's not a that's not a great reward fifth is so much better you climb into fifth you play the beat up Nuggets um you know Jokic you know, is maybe the best player in the NBA this season, but that is just a much 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 more preferable matchup if you're the Blazers than the Clippers. But it's going to be hard. I mean, that's why that 5-game losing streak was so detrimental for the Blazers' chances because they got rolling. They're playing great. You couldn't ask them to play better than they are now. They're finally realizing that potential, and the standings are going to be unforgiving to them. And they're still going to end up in very likely to end up in a tough spot. So Monday against Monday against the Rockets, like I said, Blazers take care of business against a bad team. They've been doing that. There's no reason to think they won't keep they won't keep doing it. But the big one to watch, and we'll talk about it a bunch, is Dallas at Memphis. Uh, we will keep an eye on this all week, this final week of the regular season. One funny little wrinkle is uh, this just came out. Sean Strani of the Athletic reports this. Um, uh, the, all the Sunday games were TBD as of, as of uh, this morning, like a week ahead. Every, every team in the NBA plays on Sunday. All 30 teams in action will be 15 games next Sunday. And they're all going to happen early West Coast time between uh, 9 a.m. and 12.30 tip-offs on the west coast that's that's noon to 3 30 eastern time so we're going to have brunch basketball uh maybe maybe some games that don't um that teams aren't trying in but certainly games that will probably still impact the standings or could potentially impact the standings so Sunday should be a lot of fun we'll have Sunday show for you like I do each Sunday evening uh looking ahead to the playoffs we will this time next week we will know who the Blazers play in the playoffs the final four games of the regular season this week um, you know they're playing really really well they're playing really really well it's the time of year you really want to play well like I said, try to enjoy it if you can, because uh, the playoffs can be a sobering reality. and And I think it's okay to say, "Hey, this team is pretty good right now, and and they and they put it together or whatever, and, and are are talented." Uh, it's it's okay to enjoy it, y'all. It's okay. That's my message for this week's show or th- or today's show, rather, because we got four more coming this week, including. Uh, mailbag Monday, the weekly mailbag show that I record on Mondays and post on Tuesdays. Here's a fun thing that happened to me. My Twitter account, at MikeG Rich, is locked out. Uh, someone tried to get into my Twitter account, I guess, and Twitter, for security reasons, has locked my account down. Um, I don't have access to it. It's pretty whack. So don't tweet at me um, with your mailbag questions. Tweet at locked on blazers that's the handle locked on blazers i'll see you there if you have questions send them to at locked on blazers on twitter or the easiest way to get in touch with me the simplest way locked on blazers at gmail.com is the is the email address just shoot me a shoot me your mailbag questions there if you got them hopefully uh at mike g rich will be out of twitter jail in the future and we won't have this weird logistical thing that i can't even communicate to you via twitter but whatever that's life um like I said, mailbag's coming. We got uh, good shows this week. Uh, Going to try to get some uh, guests on later in the week. So it should be a lot of fun. Make sure you're listening and make sure you're telling your friends to do the same. They can find this podcast wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.